everybody. On today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine named Jeremy Coleman, who lives in LA and works as a writer. He's written and sold a horror film and uh, is basically just in the process of writing scripts and trying to pitch them and sell them. Um, so interesting interview about uh, the industry from that perspective. Hope you enjoy it. Please subscribe. Um, what what motivated the, the move to Vegas? Um, well, initially I was thinking that I wanted to do some sports gambling, although later mm-hmm. I feel like I'm probably not going to pursue that as much um, since there's no sports. But um, I mean, uh, basketball is back. I know. Well, it's funny. I ch- See, my main thing is the NFL. That's what I want to bet on. But um, I figured I'd g- give it a go with NBA, and I I came up with like a – a kind of a, a way of evaluating teams and then I mm-hmm. like I tested it without money at first and it worked and yeah. I put money on it and like it'd be it'd be hard not to it'd be you'd hard to do worse it, it, yeah the chance like I literally went like oh for four and it's like like flipping a coin I would have done you know it's like it's just yeah I mean it's still still a small sample size but like this is I don't I wouldn't I mean I'm a big NBA fan I wouldn't recommend betting on the NBA at the moment because, um, like what what are you basing this off? It's such a strange um, circumstance. Like maybe maybe yeah. when the playoffs when the playoffs start maybe um, it'll be a little bit back to normal and you can make kind of educated yeah. bets. But well, but right now NBA is hard to bet on in, in general I think because it's such a streaky kind of game and then the like part of what you're saying like and also the fact that you know some teams are more motivated than others right now because some teams are like yeah on the bubble and then some teams uh and i was trying to use that but it didn't really work but i I, to be honest i I thought that teams that were already in the playoffs for sure would be less motivated because yeah like there's no advantage anymore so it kind of doesn't matter but uh yeah anyways yeah yeah. so i think i'm just at this point just gonna stick to the nfl and go back you know when that comes around but I, comes I, around. It, I, I don't feel like i'm gonna like make like a significant you know like go at it like in other words i'm i'm not gonna commit enough money to it to be more than just kind of fun yeah casual yeah. gambler um but, my uh so i mean i i don't blame you i like you gotta you gotta do it as a full-time i mean i know that there are people who make a ton of money off of it but they live and breathe sports gambling right i I did um my friend you know like i I, the living right now is very depressing and i'm just in my apartment all day long (laughs) so i was like texting my friend who right now uh his girlfriend is german and he he found a way he basically like lied to the portuguese authorities found a way to fly to portugal and meet up with her and then they've just been like vacationing in Portugal and having a wonderful time. So he's like texting me about the wonderful time um, and being like, well, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm depressed. Like this life sucks. And he's like, yeah, what you need to do, you, you should get into gambling. <laughs> that'll, that'll fix your problems. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thanks for the advice. That solves all, Appreciate yeah. that. That solves all the well, what, Yeah. What, what you need to do is like lose all your money. <laughs> then, uh, you know, how did he get to Portugal? He um, he happened to have a friend who also wanted to go to Portugal. Um, his friends his friend's dad is a real estate developer, and his friend is thinking about moving to Europe or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, they got his dad his dad's real estate business to like write some official documents saying I'm sending these two guys. They work for my company to check out some development deals in Portugal. Right. And then um, the, the, you know, whatever border security said it was, it was all good. All they had to do was just get COVID tests. And once they got them, they were allowed in. Um, so now he's gonna, he's heading to Germany soon to live with his girlfriend for a while, but he can only stay there for 90 days. And then T- TBD, yeah. yeah. But I actually, because I, I, I follow the NBA a lot, and he 
He's a very strange guy because he's a very neurotic, anxious Jew, which is not strange, right? That's fairly stereotypical. Yeah, <laughs> but but he's he is uh, a degenerate gambler, and everyone in his family is like he had uncles who like lost everything, and it's just like it's a weird genetic thing. Everyone in, the, in his family is just like the, uh, they just can't stop themselves from gambling, yeah. which makes his suggestion that I should get into gambling even funnier. Right. Look, it, it ruined my entire family. The only other person I know that has a, a severe problem, apparently, I mean, he's told me I've never seen or anything, but uh, is Jewish as well. So. Oh, really? Maybe okay, well, you know. It's a Jewish, it's it's a gene that's heavily, you know, in the Jewish people. You know? But, uh, yeah, I, uh, by the way, have you seen, Blood, no, what is it called? The, the movie with Adam Sandler, that was recently. Yes, yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, oh my god. Anyway, you know the movie. I do, uh, no, but it's gonna drive me fucking crazy. <laughs> what's it? Uh, whatever gems, uh, oh my Uncut god. Uncut gems. Uncut gems, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. I kept thinking Jesus. of diamond, and I'm like, it's not diamond. Yeah, I went from um, diamond to stone, and then <laughs> I, got, I got there eventually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's basically that guy in a nutshell, right? It's like, it's, yes. it's like, oh, you're always thinking like, I'm going to hit that one parlay. That's, that's the next one. Yeah. Change everything. Yeah. This, this next one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I did, I loved that movie and I loved Adam Sandler performance, but the whole time I was watching it, I was like, my friend's name is Noah. I was like, yo, Noah has got to see this movie. <laughs> it's like, this is his future. It's absolutely his future. Except yeah. he's not as, not as cool. You know? Um, well, I've gotten so kind of related to gambling, I guess I've gotten really into the stock market um, more and more, like, especially now, uh -huh. it's basically all I do yeah. now. So that's not going to believe this. No is into that too. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it's it's the it same gambling. thing. Right? It's, literally, it's gambling. literally gambling, but it's legal. And the, you know, it's, what's nice too about the stock market is it's like with sports gambling, like you make a bet. If you're wrong, you're just wrong. Like you're not getting that money back with the stock market you make a bet and you're wrong and then you're like, all right, well I'll wait a month and maybe I'll be right. You know, <laughs> it's like, it really does. Like, I mean, all the time I'll make a big bet and then it's basically what I'm doing. Right. I'm buying a company that I think is going to go up and then it goes down, but I'm like, man, I'll give it some time. And then it's like, it always eventually gets back to where I think it'll go. You know? um, I guess so. It just yeah, seems I mean, like lo just longer term betting. You're like, I yeah. bet the Lakers are going to win a lot over the next two years. Right. And now I'm just going to go wait this out. It's like betting futures, like sports futures. Yeah. Yeah. But it still uh, is betting. It's still is. <laughs> and, and still like the, the odds, if you're just like an individual, if you're just a person, I feel like you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're, kind no. Of no, I don't know. I don't totally agree with that. It's not like the way it, I, I agree with, with, with sports. It's very difficult to beat the sharks, but the, with, you know, the stock market, I think there's actually weirdly a benefit to being kind of a novice at, at times because the, a lot of the people putting money in, especially lately, you know, people with their unemployment checks and everything is like are, are novices. So it's like, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if, if a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, think a stock's going to go up, the stock actually does go up. So there's something to be said for like, you know, just, going on like like okay like yeah. let's use tesla as an example i think tesla's like the most overpriced stock of all time uh -huh. it's like the reason that people it keeps going up is that people like who are young and have like their first money to spend are like well like tesla's a cool car <laughs> i think that's going to be around in the future let, let me bet on so it's like if you actually look at like the accounting and the financials of tesla it makes no sense that the stock goes up but it's just like it's almost like bitcoin right like it's the same reason that bitcoin goes up it's like people are like, this is going to be the thing of the future. So then it does go up and they're yeah. like validated by the fact that it's going up. But, but, it, but it's also similar to sports gaming. Oh my um, God. You have a rat tail. <laughs> What's happening? Oh my God. Do you saw it? Yeah. Yeah. My hair is going crazy. So I, I'm just out of the shower. That, that was supposed to be a secret. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I can't wear it as like a joke. Um, but I've, um, like, like, you know, I also grew a mustache as a joke, but I've now grown attached to both of them. And I'm just like, I'm just embracing, um, this is douchebag Jeremy. Um, yeah. It's who I am. It's who I am now. There's no turning back. Button. 
Yeah, my hair is kind of too thick for a man bun, um, thankfully. Maybe that's like a bridge too far in terms of, you know, become, you know, moving to L.A. and then just becoming the worst possible version of myself. You kind of look like a pedophile, honestly. You should uh, think about auditioning I'll for the next it. season of Mindhunter or something. I don't, you know what? They canceled it. I missed my opportunity. Did they Back really? The yeah. They yeah. canceled Mindhunter? That's like one of the best yeah. shows. Um, or not canceled, I think, whatever. Just decided not to make any more seasons of it. Whatever his name is. David it, Fincher. It just ended on such a, right? It ended on a cliffhanger. It didn't end on like... Um, didn't they they yeah. never they never concluded the storyline about the guy that's uh dressing up like a woman and stuff and he's got a wife oh no they didn't yeah you're right i think um but you know the shows do that just in case they want to come back Ugh. i'm sure that i'm sure that netflix would let them make another season if they wanted to yeah um and if they do i'll be like i know everything I know the previous seasons have been based on historical serial killers, but what if you just make an exception to let me do, do season three? I've grown a rat tail. I have a mustache. Just make it about me, Jeremy <laughs> Coleman. Yeah. So what's, what is the state of uh, like Hollywood right now? Like what is it totally shut down? Like what is happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out of touch uh, right now being in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, stuff is still going on. Um, do people still uh, go to work at like studios and stuff right now or no I mean I you know I don't know because I don't have a studio job but I, I mean I know that there are like writers rooms and stuff like that that are happening over zoom I know that people are still buying stuff just probably not as much as before um, I know that um, some things are getting made um, and like uh but uh, but like I, I think like the idea is like in the future, um, or for the the foreseeable future, like um, it'll just be smaller casts and crews. You know what I mean? Trying to um, uh, trying to limit the danger. So I, I think any big budget thing is kind of off. Mm. Um, it's not going to happen. Sorry, I now turned this off, and now I'm hot. So turn it back on. Um, <laughs> Do you have your AC on a switch? No, it's a, oh, just a fan right oh, above me. And I was, I was, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can't hear it, but word air would be blown right into this microphone and be distracting. Um, uh, but all that happened was that you saw my embarrassing rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out. I'm not going to use the video from this, by the way, so don't worry about any oh, visual. Yeah. So you can take your shirt off for all I care. Oh yeah, I, well, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> just FII. That's just a standard. <laughs> so you roll. There's no, yeah. There's no AC in the front of my place. There's only AC in the back, and we are in the front right now. Um, uh, so, do you feel like I? I feel like. Uh, I guess like let me know whether you agree with this, uh, but I feel like like it's like a two part thing that everything is moving towards streaming and well everything already was obviously and then this is like a catalyst that has exaggerated it right like coronavirus it's like now everything is is going to kind of shift away from the traditional model of making a tv show you know where you have a writer's room and and like it's it's i mean not that that's going to totally go away but everything's moving more towards like people just like you know, you could have a studio in Kansas City and like make content that's for YouTube and make ad money off that, right? Because like everything's just moving towards, or or you know, or whatever. Like I, I feel like basically everything's moving towards people just producing content without like the studio structure, and therefore people are going to be less motivated to move to LA. Do you agree with I mean, that? I, I I mean I don't know. It really it depends on um, how long this goes on for. Like as long as studios exist, they're going to have more money than, you know, just your regular Joe in Kansas city or whatever. Um, I, I, I think, well, in, in more than just this field, right? Like it, this has kind of opened people's eyes to the fact that you don't necessarily need to go into an office for a lot of jobs. You don't necessarily need to go into the office every single day, right? A lot of stuff can be done remotely. 
Um, so maybe it will just decrease the decrease the the value of like a big central office space, and maybe as a result, decrease the value of of living in a populous city. Yeah. Um, but but even that said, though, like let's say that by some stroke of luck, their uh, vaccine is developed next month, right? And and then it takes a couple months um, to, for, for everyone to get it. People are still going to go back to writer's rooms and stuff like that. Oh, like it takes a lot, it takes a lot for things to change that much. You know what I mean? For big structural change. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I guess so, yeah, yeah. I should have said writer's room, but yeah, I guess I just mean like that this, this idea that like, cable TV is going to basically go away and you're just going to have these like these emerging, you know, it's like Netflix, Disney, yeah. Netflix, Facebook live, whatever. And, yeah. and because a lot of the way people consume content isn't necessarily like sitting down in front of their TV anymore. It's like watching on their phone or that um, like the production value doesn't, it's not as valuable anymore. It's like, and also you can shoot things very cheaply in high definition now. Yeah, well, I mean, like, but like you still can't, I mean, that may be true for a certain um, segment of like content being created, right? Like whatever, some like low budget stuff can now just be made on your own or whatever. You don't have to raise funds to make a short film because you can literally just do it on your iPhone or whatever, because it's going to be seen on your iPhone. It doesn't fucking matter what it looks like. Um, but like for Marvel movies or whatever, like those are still, yeah. Marvel movies make billions of dollars, right? That's still going to be, and that's how these studios make tons of money. That's how, you know, these corporations make tons of money. So that those will still be, because they're such, such money makers, they, they won't be. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, obviously not talking about like a Marvel movie, but I guess I just mean like... Uh comedy and um, oh yeah yeah i mean but it depends like yeah I, I mean i don't um i don't know or like because comedy isn't really like the what's the last good comedy movie like the, so there are so few comedy movies that come out nowadays that it, to me it makes sense that there would be um some more independent um uh like avenues or routes to make and, and release comedy movies but then still like how are you going to get other than if you make some comedy movie and it's funny other than putting it on youtube like how are people going to see it yeah did you see did you see palm springs on who did yeah yeah it's pretty good i'm sure it's pretty low budget yeah it, it is low budget but it's also like it was produced by lonely island you know so yeah. you know starring adam sand adam sandler uh, what's his name Andrew. uh andy samberg the as um <laughs> uh just a weirdly similar name yeah um and they played like remember they played father and son and that oh yeah movie, that movie came out like i don't know t 10 years ago something like that um i feel like snl went like they replaced it was like Ad, um adam sandler to jimmy fallon to andy samberg and they're all kind of um, the same kind of person so i i i uh Jimmy Fallon is the one that doesn't belong to me because he's like, uh, <laughs> maybe because I, I think the other two are very funny. Um, but, but, uh, but hold on, you know, Jimmy Fallon, I would agree, like his current show, I don't find to be funny, but, and he's just kind of a yes man at this point, but on SNL, he was really funny. You didn't like him on SNL? Uh, so I'm not a big SNL guy. I, I'm always like, I'm always, the amount of talent that's, that's going through SNL at any moment is amazing. But uh, like the ratio of like, of uh, really funny sketches to really cringy sketches is yeah. always not, not good enough for me to like, to motivate me to watch it. So I never have really watched it. Um, but even back then, like I like Jimmy Fallon more now than I did back then because he was always breaking and laughing and it was always, he just does impressions, which is not my thing. You know what I mean? He's very good at, at singing and doing impressions of like wh whoever. Um, and that's never been the type of thing that can really make me laugh. Right. Um, 
it's obviously a talent. Uh, I wish I could sing as well as he could, you know. Um, but <laughs> this is trying to be nice here. Um, Are you like but, a, aren't you like a clarinet player or something like that? I mean, I, I play guitar, which is somewhat similar to clarinet in that it's an instrument. Maybe I'm thinking, I must be thinking of another friend of mine. Did, um, you, did you not go to music school or something like that? Or am I thinking yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a musician. Yeah, oh, okay. I, play, I play instruments and stuff like that. I just, yeah. he's like a very natural singer and I'm not, you know. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, but, but not to, I don't want to denigrate SNL because like the amount of people on it, like there are so many hysterical people on it, like every, every single year. Um, I totally agree but, though that for all the talent they have, it should be better. Like there's clearly some sort of structural problem with like the way that they force people yeah. to like stay up till two and try to write something for yeah. like three days from now, you know, they, yeah. it doesn't yeah. make any sense the way they like run the show. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. Lauren, Lauren Michaels gets all this credit for like being this amazing, you know, but it's like, Literally anyone who has the the ability to choose from every up and coming funny person in the yeah. world could have done a better job, probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I also feel like their most successful sketches now are like digital shorts and stuff like yeah. that. Like, Which I, I feel mean, like Lonely Island began full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, whatever. Like, sketch is very hard, but you know, like Key and Peel to me is like the best sketch show of the past ten years, and that's all. You know, there's like production value and stuff that goes into this. Like, like, why am I watching? Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, Tom Hanks read off of cue cards. Right. You know, a, a sketch that he's rehearsed once and like was literally finished like 45 seconds ago. Right. Um, and pretending that like this is really the best version of, yeah. of whatever this joke is. Um, you make a great point. I'm gonna stop watching SNL. <laughs> that, oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I, yeah, whatever. I, I think I'm alone because most comedy fans love SNL, and I'm, I'm I do, I, I do. It's way harder to do live sketches because I've done both than it is mm -hmm. to do like, um, you know, uh, filmed sketches. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah. Uh, I, I was in a sketch group back in New York, and then I, I, I tried. Actually, one time I was auditioning to be a writer on SNL. And so I thought, oh, let me actually just try to like produce these sketches in a, on a live. So I had my own comedy show. So what I did is I like had actors and we did the sketches on a live show. And part of it was the fact that it was at, it was a stand-up show, not a sketch show, you know? But yeah, I was right. like, but I remember walking away being like, oof, that was rough. Like only like yeah. one of like the three sketches I did actually <laughs> like got me yeah. laughs, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've also done live sketch. And it's like, I mean, it's got to be really like rehearsed and nailed and I don't know. It feels like that, like a good sketch, the sketch is like you probably have to put them up a few times before you really figure out the rhythm to it. You know what I mean? Uh, or I don't know, I mean, it's probably like a lot like stand up, which I've never, not really done where you like think some jokes are good and then you perform it and you're like, oh, well that didn't land like I thought it would. So let me adjust the wording or whatever yeah i don't know I'm speculating here so how did so tell me your background how did you um get into writing and yeah like because now you have an agent right no no one has an agent now oh well at some point you had an agent i think <laughs> yeah and that's um, why you moved here or something i don't know but tell me your backstory yeah well i i mean I, I studied writing and music in college um and uh, I went through like a creative writing program and I was the, like the only person writing just straight comedy in the entire program. Just me writing like, you know, dick jokes and whatever um, as everyone else is trying to be the next like uh, Melville or whatever, you know, trying to write the next great American novel. What so I guess John, Jonathan, I went to Columbia. So it was like very, very, uh, serious they're very serious writers like yeah. jonathan friends it was like the big deal at that time everyone's trying to write um yeah like very serious novels and i was just like guys have i got the far joke for you um <laughs> but it like it, it worked out well for me but then I, I also studied music and um uh decided to pursue music after college um but at some point when i was doing music i don't know, like music uh, it kind of like 
just mean less to you as you get a little bit older? Maybe also as you're like not smoking weed quite as much as you once were, you know what I mean? And just like talking around with music all day long. Um, and, uh, um, but it was like, music was what I was into with my friends in high school and then like my high school friends in college and stuff like that. Um, so it always just seemed like we would do that together and we didn't. And then at some point I was like, uh, I stopped doing music and wasn't really sure what to do. I actually went back to try to get like a, another degree, a master's degree and dropped out. I was like, this isn't right at all. Um, and then I, I, I literally found out that this guy who went to my high school was a writer on The Office. And for some reason, it had never occurred to me that you could be like part of the reason that I didn't go into writing was like, I, mean, I don't want to write a book. I'm, I'm too dumb to write a book and no one wants to read a fucking book that I wrote. Like, you know what I mean? Like writing 400 pages, like impossible. I could not do it. And there's no, you know, no money in that. Like there's no, no future for me in that. I'm too dumb to read um, or write. So I found out that this guy who was older than me, was writing on the office or had written on the office at this point the office was over mm. um and um who is that what's that who yeah his name is owen ellickson and i've subsequently reached out to him like five times and he just will not respond to me he actually <laughs> he um he was friends with my brother in high school so i'm always like hey you were friends with my brother no response on and I, like every every social media um but I, I do know guys who worked, he was like a showrunner on some other show where I know, I know someone who worked for him and was like, oh, he's the greatest guy on earth. So I don't think that he's maliciously ignoring me. Sure I think it's a lot of messages. Yeah, yeah, exactly, just busy. Um, but so I was like, holy shit, like that's a job, you know, like writing jokes, like being a funny writer. Cause I, I never really wanted to be a performer. Like I know you, you did stand up, like that's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not comfortable performing. I don't want to do that. Um, so I always loved comedy, but it wasn't, um, uh, it just didn't, there wasn't like a, an avenue for me that I saw. And literally I'm such a dumbass Cause of course this is a job. Cause on every single episode of every TV show I've ever seen, it's like written by, and then a person's name. Yeah. But it just, it didn't really occur to me that that was like, um, that was a job you could do and like a ladder you could climb. And I, I literally, I was still doing music, but I wasn't really sure what to do with it. And I, I, I distinctly remember, like I, I found out that he was a writer on the office in the morning and uh, quit music that day and bought final draft that day and was like, no, I'm a writer now. <laughs> um, and then started like, you know, start had to start having awkward conversations with people being like, yeah, I'm not doing that crazy thing. I'm doing this crazy thing now. Like including my um, ex, you know, being like, oh, actually, I'm no longer pursuing this impossible field. I'm now pursuing this other impossible field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how old were you at this point? Uh, at 32, something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yep. How old are you now? Mm -hmm. 38. So it wasn't that long ago. Okay, I thought you'd been writing for a long time. No, no. No, actually, I might have been actually 33. Crazy. Um, I okay. know. That makes me feel yeah. better, actually, because you haven't been doing it that long. Because I, can't, I, can't, I always have this feeling of like, ah, it's too late for me to, you know, pursue something. And I'm 35. I so. mean, no, I mean, who gives a fuck? Um, I think especially for a writer, like, it doesn't matter. It's not like you're trying to, you know, be be a star on screen. Your looks matter, you know. We can be ugly dudes behind the scenes. And not that, not that you're ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but so, yeah. But, but it like, but I knew, I knew from, you know, I had experience writing and I had done some comedy stuff in, in the intervening years and stuff like that. So I kind of hit the ground running and was like, oh, this is uh, uh, such a better fit for my skills and my personality and stuff like that. And then it did go really well. And I, I you know, um and subsequently have like you know sold stuff and you know done all, all okay. that you're skipping over a whole big important section here well i mean no well i, <laughs> I guess just, how, I how, started... did you get to, how did you get to a point where you had your first successor or sold something or whatever uh well i mean i um 
I started, I just started writing. I was working a random day job and I started just neglecting my duties at the day job to just write. Um, and I had a bunch of good ideas. Um, one of which like, we're, we're like, we're out pitching now waiting to see, um, I mean, that's been a long, long process, but, um, uh, that, yeah, waiting to see if we get an offer. I, I think we're going to get an offer for a pilot, uh, to write a pilot, um, uh, within the next couple of weeks. Um, but how did, so how did you pitch it and stuff like that? Well, so that, that one, so I had written, okay. So that one, I, I had written a pilot, um, and I was working with the manager. I didn't like the manager, wasn't doing anything. Like the manager, like literally told me like that, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're just a white guy. So I can't like, I can't get anyone's, no one is interested in you right now because you're just another white guy. And I was like, okay, like that feels like you're like, I'm never not going to be a white guy. And like millions of white guys are getting jobs. Like that's not a, that's not a good excuse. Like I was out there doing shit, you know, like I, uh, in the meantime, I had like, you know, met a ton of people and like made contacts and stuff like that. Had other people interested in my writing. Um, so um, I, I, stopped working with him and I like posted a script on the blacklist.com just to get some feedback mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. um, um, in, in anticipation of then sending it out to friends, sending, sending out to other, the friends who would like, you know, connect me with managers and stuff like that. Um, and you know, the feedback, I literally, I paid for feedback from blacklist, which you can do. Um, and which I, I recommend if you are, you know, looking for professional um, feedback, um, that that is like, you know, whatever. They're, they're, the actual descriptive feedback will be helpful. Then they give you like a number grade that's just like stupid, um, you know, like out of 10. Um, like literally this this thing, this script that I wrote, Someone gave me feedback being like, this was, you know, so much fun to read. This is some of the best dialogue I've read in years. And then dialogue grade, six out of 10. I'm like, okay, uh, cool, man. Um, but so, but like, it's not, you know, whatever. I, I, I put it there for feedback, but like the, the feedback that I got was like, this is a great premise. Um, and like, there will be people like, like tons of people are gonna be interested in developing this. And then like literally two days after I got an email from the guy I'm developing with, uh, who's on Insecure, this guy, Jay Ellis, the, like the male star who plays Lawrence on Insecure, um, being like, I want to I develop this with you and take it out to pitch. So he's been the one who has set up everything. Um, so he saw it on Blacklist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm hmm um, do you think he which, do you, did you ever ask him how he found it? Like, did he search a certain like criteria? Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, I, I assume, I mean, I'm, he was searching for uh, comedies with African-American leads. Mm -hmm. So this one had a premise with the main character, African-American, downloaded it because he liked the premise, loved it. Um, um, and I've had some other success on, on Blacklist. I posted with a friend of mine a, a movie that we wrote um, uh, maybe like two years ago and we got some, we got uh, uh, production companies to reach out to us about talking, uh, you know, with an interest in making it. But then that premise was awfully similar to The Righteous Gemstones that uh, the, what's his name, played Kenny Powers. Um, oh. Christ, I can't, I can't remember anyone's name anymore. I, I want to blame it on quarantine. Yeah. Um, um, but so that, those fell through, but anyway, but I've, so I, I, I've had success uh, posting shit on the blacklist and just off of the, the, you know, getting attention just off of the, the quality of the work, I guess. Um, but then, you know, other than that, well, actually, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just like having decent, I, I don't, I still don't have a ton of contacts, but it's just, I, I just try to come with like pretty clever ideas and well-written stuff. Um, 
um, yeah, so I mean, that, that was my first big, like, getting Jay to, like, notice me or whatever was pretty big. And now we're working on some other stuff together and, and whatnot. Um, uh, but I still, yeah, I don't know. That answer your question, kind of, because that, that was. Um, I is mean, that, like, is, I, it, is that also how you got your first manager? How'd you get your first manager? No, the first manager was just like, I, I started writing very intensely, and um, I had, pretty immediately some some ideas that I thought were good, um, and I just I was living in New York, but my brother had moved out here, and there there's something to like, oh, I'm only going to be in LA for a, a week. Will you take a meeting with me? So I was just like reaching out to everyone that I knew. And I, di I, you know, I didn't know that many people, but they were like, yeah, sure. So I met with a whole bunch of people. Um, a guy liked um, my writing and um, decided to, you know, work with me and stuff like that. But that's the guy that I stopped working with. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. It's the same thing with stand up. Like when you want to get yourself booked on shows, it's like, it's so much easier to get booked on a show when you're like hey i'm in town from new york from this week mm -hmm. <laughs> you get booked on every show you know it's like yeah my, if you're, my, if you, but if you tell someone like i live in town can i do your show sometime They'll yeah be like, yeah we'll put you up six months from now you know? yeah yeah and yeah. it's like and then it probably won't even have, it's like i honestly do that like i'll just say like i'm in town as opposed to like right yeah like when yeah. i came to vegas i was like i'm in town for a week so and i got on like every show you know but really yeah. i had moved yeah. here but i wasn't gonna say that. yeah i mean <laughs> you were you were in town for a week it's just yeah exactly I just, and the then i week. and then i was just like i decided to stay which is yeah. also technically true <laughs> my yeah my my friend told me this story he uh he's like he's doing stand-up now he's like 24 25 this is last year where he'd been doing stand-up for like six months or something like that he works for this like big tech company day job and they sent him to some like recruiting thing or, or whatever some like i don't know whatever so who knows some horrible corporate getaway in colorado something like that so he's in denver and he reaches out to some stand-up places being like hey i'm in town from la can i get on and they put him like prime time with all these local comedians who like have been doing it for 30 years they're all crushing and then they they build him up to be like this guy you know he's like he's the, the hot he's shit in LA. la yeah yeah, and he just goes up and he's like, I've just bombed in front of like 300 people, you know. Oh my God. But it is what it is. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, what would be your advice to someone out there? Like there's, let's say there's someone who's written what they like know is a really funny script, but they just, they're kind of in like a what now phase. I guess you kind of answered this already, but put it on blacklist. Try yeah, to but I don't know. Network with people who. No, I mean networking no longer exists because we're all stuck <laughs> in our houses. Um, no, my advice is to get lucky. I have no fucking clue. Um, this is the worst podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I, no. I mean, I, 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 I don't think, fucking know. Yeah, I mean, I think, but you lead by example because you know, in your story, it's like you started writing a lot. You know, I feel like I meet so many people who want to be writers that and i'll go okay what like you know what have you done and they're like well i haven't written yet <laughs> it's like but i want to be a writer yeah. it's like yeah. well you need to start writing a lot and then you know it's try it's kind of like anything you're gonna get better at it the more the more scripts you have like yeah you'll learn yeah for time. sure yeah. yeah that's it's like the uh i was talking with someone recently about that like the master class you know mm -hmm. those like where you watch these videos where it's yeah. like oh it's aaron Sorkin is gonna tell you yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Where, but it's like this is the dumbest it's the dumbest shit ever like i'm sorry to anyone who has spent money on it but like how do you learn how to be steve martin or whatever how do you learn how to you don't like you just do it you do it a lot you know what i mean and whatever they don't really have great advice like or maybe at least for me because i've always been like did you um, take one of these classes no actually but my mom my mom who's extremely nice unlike the rest of my family um <laughs> she saw she saw that and she was like, oh, I bought you one for your birthday. She bought me, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, David Mamet. It's like, he did one on like, like screenwriting or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't watch it because I had no interest in it. And I knew what it was going to be. Just some guy like 
talking about his own process, which is like not really that helpful because everyone, you just develop your own process. What works for some person, it's not going to work for everyone. But because she had bought it for me as a gift, like it kept, Masterclass kept emailing her and being like, you have not, uh, you haven't started watching your show yet. So she would just like call me up and be like, like what's wrong? Like, why won't you watch this? So I finally watched it and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. They're like, literally nothing nothing helps me whatsoever yeah he had some I interesting ways of thinking about writing but it, it's literally that's as deep as it goes you know it's like oh oh that's interesting like i remember he said like oh you know when you're screenwriting or playwriting there are no characters there's only what's on the page there's only dialogue and i was like yeah you know that's that's kind of true like there is no there's no interior world to any of these characters it's just what they say I was like, yeah, that's true. Is that helpful? No, not at all. You know, because you still have to like, you still have to convince people who are reading it that they there are care they are fully full characters. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Uh. But yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> so, so my point is, it's all I don't know. No, whatever. No one has any good advice. Just like do the thing. Just do the goddamn thing. Just, just write. So can we talk about the thing that you responded to my script by referencing? Can I talk about that or no? Yeah, sure. So you're pitching a show that's kind of 90 Day Fiance-like about your experiences dating international women. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, like that's that was like part of my pitch to them. So I, I um, pitched, so, uh, so that one this is another example of just like my friend is friends with someone who works at this company and he was like he's a writer too he's like if we come up with a good premise i think we could sell something to them right so we came up with a premise we sold a movie to them right and it's like it was supposed to be made but now because of this pandemic i have no idea but they is liked us horror film yes yeah exactly so um uh it, during this pandemic, we wrote and directed uh, a short film together, and now we're waiting to see if like one of these streaming services is going to buy it. Um, uh, but before we pitched them this idea, because it kind of made sense for them, like because so um, they're they're one of these, they do like screen films, right? So it's like everything happens over computer or over your phone or whatever. Um, and so because so much now they're doing kind of hybrid versions of that but because so much of like the, the uh, an international relationship takes place over you know or like the 90 day fiance thing um takes place over um you know like facetime or whatever before they get to meet each other we felt like oh they might be interested in that you know um and we knew that we 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 would get we'd easily get a meeting with them um but then part of the pitch was like well yeah i I, um, I literally, I was married to a French woman. So we did long distance stuff back and forth. And then my first girlfriend after we got divorced, um, was Colombian, <laughs> like from Colombia, uh, who uh, did the exact same thing. And then my, the guy who I, I was pitching it with, his current girlfriend is German, right? That's who we talked about. He, he's visiting her right now. So that was part of the pitch is like, well, we can bring specifics about, you know, these stories of all these absolute schlubby American guys and their beautiful foreign women um, who, are, who are, you know, um, for some reason um, into them. But so, I mean, again, like everything. So they were really into it. Um, and uh, we like came up with a pitch together and, and whatnot. Um, and then, right. That was right before the the quarantine started and everything kind of got shut down. So then there was just a delay of like months long delay, and we're ne we're just now getting back into the um, the yeah kind of like reaching out to potential buyers um, part of it. And I wonder um, I wonder if this is a, a mistake. They're doing it. So the the production company is doing it for us they offered, they were like, do you want to do it or should we do it? I was like, uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, but please, by all means, um, reach out to the people that you have like established relationships with. 
um, yeah, I wonder, yeah, whatever. Um, but so this came up because you wrote, you wrote something very similar and it's based on the fact that you almost were on 90 day fiance. Yeah, it's a common, I mean, it's all kind of interrelated, but I, we started watching the show, uh, first and foremost, my fiance, she really likes reality TV. I had never seen the show. We, we started watching it and both just like fell in love with the show. We'd like, it's like the greatest TV show on earth. And, uh, oh, man. and it That's is so like, funny. it's especially funny when you're kind of in a similar thing, like, and then I emailed the producers at one point and that, cause basically we were planning on moving to Lima, Peru. And so I emailed them before we went out and I waited way too long to do it. I was like, it was like, we were like a week from going out there and I was like, Hey, I'm going out to Lima. Like, do you like, and they're like, they called me right away. And we talked for like an hour and, and then we ended up having a lot more conversations and long story short, they were basically like, can you delay going out to Lima? Because like, we really want to. Yeah. And then I didn't want to just wait just because they might be having me on the show, you know, cause I know how TV works. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, when you say you're, you're really Maybe. You know, like, like yeah. is, are you saying this to like hundreds of other people, you know? So I just went out there anyways. And then I figured that was the end of it. But then I called them when I got back to America and was like, Hey, are you still, and they were still very interested in, in like, you know, my return visit or whatever you want to call it. And, um, it basically got to a point where I'm pretty sure we were going to be on the show. Like they were like asking us for all of the stuff and they're really into us. And then, you know, Anna basically decided she didn't know if she was comfortable with it. And so I told them. So I got, I got a lot of questions here. <laughs> okay, yeah. the, the first is how, how did you get their email address? It's just like, I literally just like email.com. Googled like, Oh yeah. Asking, asking for 90. It's very available. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, would you have been, you would have been cool with being on that show? Cause that seems like a nightmare to me. Well, you know, I had mixed feelings because I'll tell you on the one hand, and I've had, you know, being a comedian, I've had experiences in the past with being like in somewhat similar to reality TV situations. Like I was on um, TRL doing a like extended segment one time with uh, the cast of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where I basically, it was like, it was basically like reality TV, but it was for a show. But mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's frustrating because what happens is you sit down with a producer right and you go the producer goes okay rob tell me in your own words you know uh about this this uh podcast you're doing with jeremy and I go, okay well you know jeremy's a friend of mine from the past and uh you know we met each other at park la brea and then we played basketball together and then so and i knew he was a writer so i wanted to have him on my podcast and we talked about writing and they go okay okay hey rob um, we need a lot more energy from you and just keep it like short and simple. Like Jeremy is the greatest writer on earth and you want to talk to him about writing, you know, right. okay. Jeremy's the greatest writer on earth and I want to talk to him about writing and they go, okay, okay, okay. Okay. It's just not, there's this, it's just not very interesting yet, Rob. Like what if like, um, Jeremy told you about an abortion he had? Okay. Jeremy is a great writer and I want to talk to him about his abortion. Oh, okay. Um, here's the thing, Rob. It's just like, so they just kind of they keep yeah yeah they keep manipulating you until they get you to say what they want you to say in the way they right. want you to say it yeah and so you're like it just feels gross at the end of the day you're like I, like and you, when I watch a show I go okay I can see that that's the producer getting them to say that right like yeah, I can like see sure. how it's you know but um but on the other hand I guess that's the downside and then the on the upside it's like. I know that if I was on a show like that, um, I would suddenly get a hundred thousand IG followers and Twitter followers. And like, I would have a career again. You know, I feel like basically yeah. I'm, I'm a talented stand-up comic, but like I've gotten to a point where I've like aged out of being relevant <laughs> and like, I would need something like that to go. Like, basically I have an act, right? I have a funny act. Mm -hmm but no one knows who I am. So they have no motivation to go see it. But right. if I was like famous from another reason, then suddenly people would want to come out. I mean, people literally will go out just to see someone who's a celebrity or, you know, yeah. level celebrity. And so then if you're funny on top of that, like that would like, you know, 
like I feel like basically yeah it could be my it'd be like it's basically do I want to become a, like a tv personality because I think that would be a stepping stone and I don't right. know the answer to that because I do think yeah. a lot of it's very gross and very um I don't know like you have to kind of pretend to be something you're not and I don't I'm not I'm just not that comfortable with it so yeah but but as yourself yeah, like a heightened, a heightened yeah. version of myself. I mean, I definitely yeah. do have like an onstage version of me. And I guess I just have to be that all the time on camera. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I and I had, you know, I had stopped doing stand-up for like two and a half years um, until last summer. I started like last summer, so. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I remember. And I, I was very, it was very exciting getting back into it and doing it again, and I was having a lot of fun. And now this pandemic hit, and I honestly, I like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna go. I, I, I think that the pandemic is gonna really trim a lot of comedians because I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna take this long break from it and then go, eh, I don't really miss it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. It's a lot of work, and it's not that yeah. much stuff. I mean, it's, it's, for me at this point, it's more like a hobby as a, than a career, which makes it a little less fun. It takes a little, a little of the pressure off, but it's like, I mean, I was telling you about the stock market. I mean, so I'm making crazy money. <laughs> like I literally, I'll work for like a few hours a day and make more money than I did in months of doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. So yeah. that part makes you go, well, why don't you know, it's like, why don't I bother this thing, you know? There's a lot. Right. I'm at a real crossroads right now, to be honest, in terms of all of that. Because I also do feel like, you know, at some point soonish, I want to start having kids and all that. And I'm going to have to become more focused on making money than pursuing unpaying pipe dreams. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And you're, you're recently engaged again. Yeah. Or not again, but congratulations. Ugh, start. How's, <laughs> how's, how's your, uh, how's your dating life? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's fine. I, I started dating some, started dating someone. I mean, it's dating in Los Angeles is just a miserable experience. Um, but I started dating someone during the the quarantine, um, and we kind of were like, we both live alone in our relatively like uh, careful, kind of both a little bit germaphobic. Um, so at some point, I was like, well, what do you think about like? You know, we were just like meeting up to go on walks and stuff. It was very like, very sweet. And, um, <laughs> uh, uh, and I was meeting up to go on walks with a whole bunch of, with, with you know, other people. It's a very depressing experience in general to be like, just to I'll be, I'll meet be up with someone. Jeremy, even before yeah. the pandemic, that was one of my yeah. go-to dates was let's go on Just a walk. walk. Right. But you were not wearing a mask and like standing four feet away from one another. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the most part, it was very depressing. But like, yeah, you know, I I, uh, I liked her, and it was just a very, just very strange, you know. So chaste, and and um, did you meet on no Bumble or how'd you meet? Yeah, well, one of those dating apps. Um, but then we like agreed to, you know, um, oh, got off the app. Cre- yeah. Oh no, I, she may still be on the app. I don't know. I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm too I'm too lazy. I, I like. It seems um seems a bit reckless to be casually dating multiple people at once during a, a pandemic. Yeah. Um, there's, always uh, funny, there's always that funny moment when you meet someone on an app where you you're like wondering if they're still on the app, but then in, like in order to see if they're still on the app, you'd have to log yeah. in, and then you're thinking, well, if I log in, then they'll see that I logged in, and they'll think that I'm on I, the app. Can they see that you logged in, or or that you didn't delete it or whatever? Like in order, to, right, yeah. I, I guess I would always just like delete it, but then I'd think, well, now that I've deleted it, I can't see that it, whether she's deleted it. Yeah, you know, unless I, she's deleted, I, it, she yeah. can't see that I've deleted it. It's like I don't know. I I did um I did have this experience, so I deleted it, but that's just because like, I mean, like I'm not I, I'm not gonna go out with other you know it's just it's dangerous and meeting up with people and going on socially distant walks for the next three months so that you know like it just was not an interest of mine anymore regardless of what happens with this this uh, woman 
Um, but I did, I had this experience. I went out with this girl last year. Um, and then like we literally, we, we were supposed to meet up, supposed to come over and we're cook dinner together. And she just doesn't show up, doesn't respond to my text. And just like ghosts me. And she was like a bit of a, a uh, clearly was not totally in the right headspace, right? But then on during at the beginning of the pandemic, she liked me on on Hinge and like was extremely apologetic, being like, "I was going through so much, blah 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 blah." I'm forgetting why I wanted to tell the story because I'm it's I'm only going to come across like an asshole. Um, but uh, but anyway, so she was like, "Can we can we go out?" I'm so sorry I did that to you. Um, I, I immediately regretted it. I was just going through whatever. I was like, yeah, sh sure. Um, so we like met up and I realized like, I don't, I don't really, I'm not, I'm just not that into her. But in the course of that uh, conversation, she was like, yeah, I, I joined, I, I think, unless I'm misinterpreting this, pretty sure she told me that she joined Hinge to find me and then had deleted it the second that we reconnected. Um, and then we went out and I didn't have, the balls to tell her that like I just was not feeling it especially since she was like I don't know for I, beyond me why she was into me of all people um and then just kind of like to, to you know unenthusiastically responded to her text messages you know a day a day after she sent them until we just stopped talking but I, but that was also like I had met this other girl that I, I liked a lot a lot. So, um, again, I don't know why I told that story because I feel like I do not come across great in it. Um, but um, I promise I'm a nice-ish person. Um, last time I was uh, on, uh, when I was, you know, my last whatever round of dating apps, there was a girl that uh, said like. It was coffee meets bagel, and there's like there's this thing where you have to um, uh, like if you let the conversation expire after a day or something, then you have to like pay to talk to the person. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So she, she like so I had like messaged her, and then she didn't respond. And then she finally responds like way later, and is like, "I actually had to pay money to talk to you. Like you should be honored, you know, or something like that. Like, wow. to, like pay money to keep the conversation going." And then like we started talking and she again was like super flaky via text message. <laughs> right. Yeah. She would just like not respond for like days. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and it was funny cause her whole profile was like how, um, you know, she like, she's sick of like flaky guys. She wants to meet a husband. Da, da, da. It's like, well then why are you like so like flaky about respond? It's like, it, it didn't make sense. I'm like, I think she likes me cause she paid money to talk to me, but then she's still being so it's like, yeah, it's just, a, it didn't add up. That's the, it's the fun, the fun of the dating app, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you, you know. But this was even Never. after the dating app on the text message. Uh, oh yeah, I know, but still, but like sounds so old. I literally just said on the text. <laughs> on the text message. I am eighty-five years old. On the text it, messages. It was, it, was, it was on the Facebook. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, you know. But you, the thing is, you don't really know each other. It's like you don't really owe each other anything. You don't know each other at all. You know what I mean? It's so easy. Um, to just it's just easier to just flake on people like honestly than to i don't take any any uh, offense to it you okay. know what i mean if some, someone flakes i used to be i used to like be direct and just be like yeah hey, not, not interested in whatever because i really like it when someone does that to me i actually prefer that honestly that like, someone just say like hey i'm not interested i'm like thank yeah. you for like cool. just telling yeah. me that like it's easier yeah yeah um it's like how I, I got the worst yeah. response every time i tried to do that like the way that women responded was so negative that i was like i guess i'm supposed to just ghost them and so you know, yeah i just stopped but well lesson learned yeah <laughs> <laughs> just ghost yeah. although now you're engaged so yeah it all worked out yeah well you know it's funny when i met uh anna my fiance she she had I was her first date on a dating app mm -hmm. and she had like just joined like that week or something. And I had gone on a series of crappy dates and then 
you know, went on a date with her and she was great. And I was, I, on our first date was like, okay, like, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like yeah. I'll, I'll delete my apps, you know. You, yeah. And she was like, it was like, you know, a reversal of the typical genders. Cause she was like, what? Like we just met, like what are you talking about? Um, but I was just, I knew she was like a prize, you know, like I knew like a girl yeah, like yeah. Her wouldn't last long in the dating app world. And so right. I was like, I want to snatch you up. <laughs> That's what I did. I can't risk you meeting yeah. other guys like who are clearly 18 other guys than I am. Who yeah. Have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, you know, that's exciting. Congratulations. Do you have a, a wedding planned? No. No. I, uh, I did, oh, this is, I did, um, which I forgot to tell you, I did see your ex-wife on, on Hinge once. Oh, really? Yeah. Using a different name. Oh, probably Nina. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember. I was just like, oh, look who it is. But that's not your name. That is not your name. Did you message her? No. <laughs> I mean, you can. Honestly, no. after <laughs> after uh, we, you know, Splitsville, I was thinking that, ah, go for it. But I, uh, you know, I don't care what she does. I want her to be happy. But I, I guess if you did, I'd be like, here's a bunch of warnings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I don't. There are so many people on dating apps, you know, feels like, uh, you know, there's whatever. There's many fish in the sea, so I don't have to go after the fish that, like, I literally... That someone else caught and released. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure, sure. Let's take that metaphor as far as it goes. Um, yeah, but I did, I meant, I meant to... Um, I think I, I think I screen grabbed it and was like, oh, I'm going to send this to Rob. But then was like, uh, maybe it's still too touchy for him. So I'm not going to send it to him. I think, I think I decided against it because I wasn't sure, like, you know, how you would feel about her being, yeah. being dating, you know, dating, even though at that point I knew that yeah. you were dating. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't have bothered me, I don't think. Yeah, I know. But yeah. it's still like, it's, it's still you know it could that's be funny touch, yeah touch well when i when i first you know started dating again i was still in business school and mm. i uh i mean i guess part of it's like i i did try like filtering down to like just like people who like are in grad school or something i think on one of the apps oh i think on hinge yeah i was like because you can do you know you can filter everything so i was like oh well, let me just look at people who are like in grad school because i was just curious mm -hmm. and i like saw so many people from my class oh, like i saw know. so many yeah. of my classmates and i was just like yeah. oh it's so weird um yeah it's really weird to see someone you know on a dating app <laughs> it is yes it is yes it is um uh it, like at some point by some mistake like several years ago um one of them like i think bumble it just gave me you know you have to pay to see like who likes you on some of those things mm -hmm. but by some mistake i just got that it just gave it to me by some glitch, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So um, it didn't end up being helpful in any way, but I just did, I did see some women that I know who had liked me, hmm. like uh, comedy writers Yeah. that I, I know from comedy writing that had like swiped right on me and been like, well, I wonder if they're swiping right to be like, hey, what's up? You know, like, look who yeah. it is. Or, or it'd be funny if, if you took like, it the wrong way and you're like, yeah, so you want to go out? And then they're like, yeah, ah, yeah. I was like, just trying to yeah, say so, hi. Like, yeah. You know, I'm a comedy writer, right? I just wanted to make fun of your stupid profile. Well, uh, this is, you know, I went to, uh, uh, don't judge me, but I went to a party this weekend. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Rob. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. COVID. Um, but, uh, it was a small party, but, um, so these girls, at the party were like doing like a bumble drinking game and like talking about bumble and you know it's like showing me this girl's bumble and i realized first of all how not serious girls take like dating mm -hmm. apps or at least these girls they were just like laughing and swiping a lot like yeah they didn't really give two shits about what you know yeah the other end and then like they were saying oh take a drink every time and then so then the, i guess they were like listing the cliches it was like every time he's like shirtless every time 
you know, it's like a gym pick every time it's, I can't remember. Oh, he's holding a dog. I guess there's a bunch of cliches that, you know, yeah, yeah. Or like have. A, lot of, a lot of dudes fishing. Like <laughs> I that. think that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. I didn't think that'd be in LA, but yeah, I guess fishing is. Yeah. Like, um, why fishing? So weird. Um, yeah, you know, guys like holding up a big bass that they caught being like, isn't this impressive? Um, I can provide a meal. From, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. From, yeah. If just, we move, I can, it's like back to like a caveman. Like it's like, I can hunt and gather for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with this, but it was just funny that uh, to see like the girl's perspective on when they're swiping, like, cause it, it would make sense to me that if a girl saw you and knew you like just as a goof, she'd be like, Oh, like I'll swipe on it. Like I know him. Yeah. But like not, and then and then you as the guy are like, I guess she likes me. <laughs> Meanwhile, like she does not care at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I, well, I I have seen friends of mine on there and been like, should I swipe as a joke? No, because I don't want to. There are better jokes in the world, ones that are not going to confuse our our friendship. You know what I mean? Right. Like because uh, easily, I mean. I don't know. It's like the general interpretation of being swiped on, swiped right on is like, I'm interested in you. It's not the, the, you know what I mean? So if someone took it that way, it's pretty logical. You know, I would have to explain after the fact, like, hey, no, I was actually just joking. I'm not attracted to you, friend. <laughs> uh, which feels like it's not the greatest joke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> best, best to just uh, actually, swipe left and move on. Yeah. Actually, I've already established I like your personality. So, really, the thing yeah, exactly. that I'm yeah. right now is that I don't find you physically. No, exactly. Look, li- that's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> literally. We, we are friends. So, you know that I like you as a person. Um, yeah. All right. Well, how do you feel about this podcast? You want to release it? I thought it was Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. What, what's, what, what's, what's it? Do you want to plug What's, anything? Do you have like Twitter or anything you want to plug? No, nah, I'm not really into social media. Or, <laughs> I mean, can we plug uh, your Hinge? <laughs> I'm not on Hinge anymore, and I don't know if the girl I, I, I'm dating is on is on either because I deleted it. I'll never know. Um, I mean, I, I I guess you can. I mean, I like I'm on Instagram, but like I post once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know. It's J M O Coleman, like J M O, my my nickname, longtime nickname. Coleman's my last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. But well, don't don't expect much of the uh, ten listeners. If any are yeah. a young lady who specifically lives in L.A. and is specifically a germaphobe and wants to look you up on IG. Yeah, <laughs> you know how. wants to wants to wait until after I'm no longer seeing the person that I'm currently seeing. Yeah. Um, Give no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> it, it is LA. All right, man. Well, this is fun. It's good to catch up with you. Yeah, I know. Nice seeing you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy Vegas, the 9 million degree weather in Vegas. Yeah, it's really hot. All right. Mm-hmm. Later. All right, later. Thank you for listening to Thank You for Joking, a show about the process of being a comedy writer. Sometimes it's stand-up comics going through that process together, trying out jokes, giving each other notes, and sometimes I'm going to have TV writers on here talking about their process. So please subscribe. There'll be new episodes every week. Thanks.